0: Hi, I'm Deepak Madnani, entrepreneur, problem solver, and amateur barista. I am on a mission to help forward-thinking entrepreneurs succeed and grow by understanding two simple rules. Crisis is a clarity opportunity, and the question is never really the question. Today, I am putting my barista skills to the test and sharing a cup of coffee with resilient problem solvers from all over the world. Let's get started. Uh, You know, I always kick this off. With, what are you drinking, my friend?
1: Coffee.
0: This is back of coffee. coffee. Yeah, yeah. Remember
1: that. It's coffee. Coffee in a in the teacup. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm uh,
0: I'm kicking it straight off with my uh, fufu uh, coffee that I do with the machine behind me that you can't see. Yeah, from from my favorite store here called uh, Barista Jam. It's just a good blend with the uh, Ethiopian beans in there. So, anyway, I have the great, great, great pleasure of talking to Elon Ray's today. Alon, I want them to hear your accent straight up. So where are you based, Alan?
1: I'm based in Johannesburg in South Africa uh, with a very flat accent.
0: <laughs> awesome. And uh, we we haven't spoken in over, I think five or six years, right? But we've of course followed each
1: other by the by the last time we I saw you weren't drinking coffee, <laughs> I wasn't drinking
0: coffee. <laughs> and we flew to uh,
1: Tanzania. Was it, Tanzania? I think it was Tanzania? Yeah, I think it was Tanzania, and either Tanzania or Nigeria, one of the two. Either
0: Nigeria? Or... No, it was it was it was from Nigeria to a smaller town. We, we Abuja. That's it. We went from Nigeria to Abuja on a private plane. I went on a private plane, and I didn't change my tickets on the way back. And you had to spot me money to buy my my plane tickets. I still owe you money for that. <laughs>
1: yeah, was, uh, I've, I've got it here in my book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great.
0: Everybody, look, listen. Alon Reyes is the uh, founder of Reyes Corp. That doesn't say much, but it's an incubator business—the only uh, genuine incubator business in Africa—which currently supports over five hundred businesses. Alon, you were saying there were over about thirteen thousand five hundred businesses that have been through your incubator, correct? And and this is over the span of how many years?
1: Twenty-one years. Twenty-one years.
0: So Alon has entrepreneurship. Running through his blood. He's a co founder of the Entrepreneurs Organization in South Africa and Rural Roots, and is on the advisory and judging boards of numerous local and international NGOs. So he's got a massive impact streak. That's how Alon and I met. And of course, multiple entrepreneurial awards. And uh, his passion for and focus on the development of entrepreneurs attracted the attention of the World Economic Forum, which in uh, 2008 recognized Alon as a young global leader. Your resume is, a. Uh, extensive so i'm going to leave that for the guests to uh, follow up more at the end but i do want to talk about you being a two-time phd dropout and a best-selling author of three entrepreneurial books alan why did you write books let's kick off with that question
1: well the 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 truth is at the beginning of race school, i did a lot of talking to public speaking in order to make money because the incubation business was not profitable at the time And every time uh, I finished a talk, somebody would say, have you got a book? Have you got a book? And then eventually took that talk and turned it into a book. It was called Lose the Business Plan. So that's really why I started. And it hit a nerve. The the title is quite uh, controversial. And yeah, that sort of became a big hit. And then the second book was called or is called uh, What to Do When You Want to Give Up. And that's, um, you know, being involved with these 13,500 businesses. And as you know, There's not one entrepreneur that I know that uh, hasn't woken up one morning and and said, why am I doing this? I can't do it anymore. Many entrepreneurs uh, feel that that way. Not many. All entrepreneurs feel Mm -hmm. that way. And research shows that 90% of businesses that shut down, entrepreneurial business shut down, shut down because they give up. They're not liquidated by a third party. They actually give up. And so I thought it was very important to try and understand that dark part of the journey and push people through that and uh, i did it as a story this uh, the book was in a story form and, and it was surrounded by a the protagonist was a was a woman entrepreneur wanted to give up and she was an amalgam of all the entrepreneurs i had worked uh, with and who you know went through those dark phases so it was the second and the third one i know having spoken to you before we even Push record is called meditations for entrepreneurs, and, and I find find that you know getting your mind right is you know as my mentor said to me, entrepreneurship is ninety nine percent psychology and one percent hard work, yeah, uh, and ten percent good luck, and uh, you know so uh, I know that's one hundred and ten percent by the way, but um, and that's what uh, we do,
0: Alan. That's what we that's do. That's, <laughs> that's
1: what I so about getting your head right is very very important. So that's why I wrote those books. Yeah, in fact,
0: and, and my approach with, with Growth Edge is actually, it's, it's a very head approach. So that's quite insightful. And Elon, I do want to talk about the primetime entrepreneurship reality television show. Were you inspired by Trump? Okay, you yeah, don't have to answer that. that question. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to answer that. But the show has been running for, it's on, it's uh, years. Uh, 10 very years, yeah. 10 years, and it's called the Big Small Business Show. On business yeah. TV,
1: right? Yeah.
0: tell us, tell us a bit about that, Alan.
1: So it's just like everything in entrepreneurship, everything winds and uh, there's that luck that we spoke about. So I got called into a radio station one day to talk about entrepreneurship, and they gave me five minutes to speak. And all the lines came on; there were fourteen lines, and all fourteen lines came on. So they said, "Well, can you carry on?" So I said, "Okay, no problem." And we spent an hour. I just—I was just answering questions for these entrepreneurs. And then they said, do you want your own radio show? And I said, yeah, I do. Uh, and I'm calling it a Raisin Entrepreneurs. And so I had a radio show for four years. And then the TV guys uh, saw that. And then they said, do you want your TV show? And so I said, yeah. And um, it was called The Big Small Business Show. And they offered to pay me. And I said, no, just don't pay me. Just let me wear my race Scope shirt, which, you know, there you can see there. there we go. Let, yeah. me, let me wear, wear that. And uh, I can have some influence in who comes on the show. And for the last 10 years, I've been on TV every single day. It's one show that's repeated weekly. And it's been amazing. It's absolutely, I've I've interviewed the most incredible people. And uh, you know what, the the best thing for me is that I ask questions that I'm interested in and I learn and very often I will come back to to the office and, and, you know, go to my business partner and say, you know, we've got to do this. We've got to, I've just learned that on the show. So it's, you know, a free education for the last 10 years. So I'm
0: just going to highlight this point. I'm already observing, Alon, and it's to do with that curiosity that's always there it's a default switched on superpower for entrepreneurs so it's about learning but learning to the point of how we can use that to contribute to the other entrepreneurs alon uh, and also just to finalize your intro race corp is currently not only in uh, south africa it's in tanzania angola mozambique and zimbabwe correct so, okay. you, are, so you are expanding and uh, that wasn't the case when i met you six years ago so congrats on on that expansion
1: yeah thank you and and i think what's what we found in those you know in the rest of africa is that there's a massive need for quality incubation incubation there's like everything that's good and there's bad um but there's always a market for uh, something that's good quality and so we've got some very interesting Programs. For example, in Tanzania, we do work in deep, deep rural Tanzania where we do entrepreneurship as an alternative to poaching. So we work with 22 communities that are on the border of a a game park. And so our work there is to encourage these poachers not to poach, but to start other businesses. And so we've been doing that for now uh, six years. So that's some incredibly interesting work that we've been doing.
0: That's again, I hope you all can understand what's Elon done. He's not only talking about the issue of let's stop poaching, it's what can we do with that raw material of there are poachers as well. So it's a very creative approach. I mean, it's very typical for an entrepreneur to take that adversity problem and then harness it. Again, I mean, something I, I always talk about adversity and crisis being data points, you know, and, and that's something I wish entrepreneurs would learn very early on, but let's come back to your story. Alan, what took you on this journey?
1: Sure. Um, a very intricate story, but uh, the bottom line is I grew up to uh, parents who are entrepreneurs. Um, I was groomed to take over their business and for reasons I won't get into it, that didn't happen. I landed up on the streets in Durban, not drugs, just um, saying, um and, Eventually got a job at a friend of mine's retail clothing store, helped him turn around that store, got into the newspaper, dollar Billionaire sees an article written on me, phones me up, offers me to back me in any business I I wanted. Uh, I didn't believe him. Um, So two weeks later, he called again and I started a business called the New York sausage factory, which was a retail store for hot dogs. It was an absolute miserable failure. And Went to him and very dramatically said, I'll pay him back his money and started trying to walk out the door and with this booming voice, said, sit down, you know, and then said, did I back you or did I back the business? And he he, uh, said, you back me. So he says, right now, uh, the business has failed. If you walk out that door, you have failed. So what would you do differently if you had to do it again? And so I said, I changed the menu, the venue, the pricing, and he said, I'm going to back you again, but I'm not giving you money this time. I'm going to put people around you. I'm going to give you what I call in my book, Negative Ned, the finance person to support you there. I'm going to give you a marketing guy. I'm going to give you a, a team of people to support you and mentor you to grow. And I opened the second store a few months later, and that, that business absolutely took off and then sold that to Chick-fil-A. Uh, which is an American brand, and they got into vehicle security. Hated that. And I had a little ad agency. Who I was the marketing director of, of that business, and they kept sort of asking me to pay early. And I said, guys, what's going on? So they said, you know, you know things aren't so good. So I said, I'll help you turn around your business, which I did. And uh, one day at a, on a Saturday, they called me to a coffee shop, and they put their two hands across, and they said, welcome, partner. I said, what, what are you talking about? They said, well, we didn't have money to pay you, but we'll give you equity. And then I moved from Durban to Johannesburg. And then some woman phoned me up and said, I hear you turn around advertising agencies. I, I said, uh, yeah. And she said, well, how does it work? And I said, well, if I turn you around, I get 33.3% equity. That was now my model because there were three before and they divided by three. And now that was the model. <laughs> and then with the two of them, I, I loved what I was doing, and then I left the vehicle security business and started what was to become raceful. So that's um, how, how it starts, and then it went to from two to seven. And when we went at seven, I was at a barbecue one day, and um, somebody – that was true at the time. So that took me five years and two months to make my first profit.
0: Alon, it kind of sounds like a straight line outside of the beginning part yeah. when you were on the streets, yeah. as, as you said, right? Let's let's talk about some of the crucible moments on
1: that point. Yeah, so it certainly wasn't a, a straight line, and I think the well it, when I started RayScope, I didn't want to go and uh, borrow money from my mentor. I wanted to see if I could do it by myself. It was very egotistical, but I wanted to see if I could do it by myself. Which, in hindsight, I shouldn't have. And then I had my first. I got married, and then I got my had my first child, and I could not afford to get my child out of. Um, Hospital, and I had to go and borrow money from my two brothers in law to to get my child out of hospital. And, hmm. um, and as they say in the American movies, then bleep got real, you know. Yeah, I don't know if you can say yeah. that word here. We can I'm say so that, it got real. yeah, shit yeah. got real. Should go real. Um, okay. so for me, that was, I think, the darkest moment when I couldn't get my child out. Of, I literally had made a decision that now it wasn't impacting me anymore, it was impacting my child who had nothing to do with this ego story that I was on. So yeah. And countless others at crucible moments. I didn't have one or two. Sure. Uh, I I seem to be a world champion at crucible moments.
0: Okay. Well, we can uh, exchange points on, 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 on that front because yeah, (laughs) I mean, one of the polite ways I put it is that, is that I have a graveyard of name cards. Okay. Different uh, business ventures all over the world. But anyway, this is a, One area that, you know, when I talk about entrepreneurs being healthy, oh, and um, it's something that that you were just talking about, this this mindset point, the fact that we tie in, there's this concept of money, and then I'm going to use the word guilt and pride that comes with it. And then there's the entrepreneur who just wants to run ventures. And it's almost like the world hasn't defined what an entrepreneur is. And the fact that we put all this I use the word importance with with money, but but the point is that it needs capital at times to get started, or that starting point, or that lifestyle, you know. So when when you know, I mean, even even to the point of you know, entrepreneurs who who want to start an idea or a startup, I always say, look, don't give up the day job because it's paying for your lifestyle, so it's giving you that stability, you know. And I guess what I mean that's typical of what you face early on is. You didn't even think about stability. It was just straight off to the idea. And now, how are you supposed to balance that, right? As, yeah. as, as, as you found out, that's the struggle.
1: Yeah, so you, you, you spoke in my intro about two times PhD dropouts, and, and one, part of my research there was around also about this concept of an entrepreneur, what they call the psychological topology of an entrepreneur. And there is no such thing as an entrepreneur. They they they're tall, they're short, they come from wealthy backgrounds, poor backgrounds, they extroverts, introverts. But very often people try and say these characteristics equals uh, an entrepreneur. So that got me thinking about the fact that, you know, because in the speaking, everyone's you know, ask the question, are they born or are they made? Yeah. And and to me it's neither. They precipitate. And there are five conditions that need to be present for them to precipitate. One of them is if they have a, they have to have the belief in their ability to master resources. The wording is very important. It's not that they have the resources; they have the belief the so ability to master resources. So you will hear did, many. Did you say the
0: sorry? Did you say muster or master? Master,
1: resources? master, to master, M- master, to, to, master. To, to, to collect them to to bring them together. So you will hear many. I'm sure on uh, Deepak's coffee, you will have Many entrepreneurs here will say, well, if I knew then what I know now, I might not have done it. You know, you've read that story before. Correct. Correct. What happens in, in that mindset is that entrepreneurs, they don't know, but they believe they can. So uh, have you got the capital? No, I'll get the capital. Have you got the market? I'll get the market. Have you got the yeah. skills? I'll get the skills. That's the most critical part is your your belief that you can put it together.
0: That's a powerful statement there. And again, it's one of those things that we should be aware of as entrepreneurs because again it's a superpower but if we're not recognizing that it causes a whole lot of confusion especially when the when the traps come in and we'll get to that alan you know you've been through thirteen thousand five hundred businesses in your incubator okay and clearly you know you've expanded you've got your learning curve through the incubator but let's touch on let's say in the last decade top two or three learning points for you going through this journey of being an entrepreneur, working with entrepreneurs while growing your own business here? Why would you look at that as a snapshot in the last decade?
1: You know, my mentor, who is the same dude who backed me before, he still remains my mentor 30 years later, he said something to me which I didn't quite get as a 20-something-year-old, which was, if when you find that gap, go get a bulldozer and just... You fill that gap as quickly and as aggressively as possible and make sure you're trying to build a motor around it at the same time because competition will come in. So I told you the story about me coming in and starting this business called Race Club, which I didn't even know was an incubator. Mm-hmm. So for a couple of years, I was one of very few incubators in South Africa. And then now you can't throw a stone without hitting one. Everyone is, whether you're a mom and pop operation and you're working from home, you're called an incubator. Everyone is but. And my deepest regret was not understanding that advice, was that to, to be more aggressive. I was not aggressive enough in terms of closing the opportunity, the gap. I was aggressive, but if I'm honest, I was at 40%. I could have been way more. Mm-hmm. And I've just started a, a new business now, and I've got a young entrepreneur that I'm, I'm mentoring. And I, I just say to him, whatever you think, If you're not, now this is a gap. It's a brand new product. If you're not, if whatever you think it's now 20%, work 20% harder, get it out now, do 20% more every day because that's your curve will get you further ahead. So when competition comes in, that gap is further away. I didn't have a gap far enough at the time. And that's a deep regret for me.
0: Okay. What are you doing differently now versus 10 years ago?
1: Well, first of all, I am. I'm far more picky. So, you know, there's the 13,500 businesses. And just just quickly, as an aside, you get 5,200 applications every day to join Raisebook. And we will choose one in 100. But that is all fee-based. On the equity side, we'll get about 40 a month. Okay, people who want to give us equity or for us to take shares in their business. We'll look at two, and I'll do two to three deals a year. Mm. So what's happened differently now is that in the past, I would take on anyone who, like, like that woman who uh, said, you know, how does it work? I'll give you equity. around. Sure. Uh, sure. I wouldn't do that today. So I'm, I don't operate in the same way. I'm a little bit more, I've matured somewhat, but a big part of me resists that because if I look in that cohort of entrepreneurs that I was not so picky with, I've had some incredibly huge businesses come out of that. And I wonder, I'm always wondering if I become too professional and not that cowboy that I used to. So I battle with that dissonance in my mind as to whether I should professionalize and be more astute or I should like, I like this dude, I like this idea, let's go, you know, and and not do the DD and not do all the things that I do now.
0: Sure, sure. You know, when you were talking, I was thinking about the investing world, right? I mean... People always have stories about how they started off investing and they've made some, you know, great investments that, you know, that brought them their capital base and, you know, changed their lifestyles and changed their lives. And, you know, they made multiples and now they're all, you know, they operate differently. I think it's also a question of size and success alone. I mean, there's no question there, right? I mean, if if anything, if we just look at Warren Buffett, you know, the whole, the issue he has, same like Bill Gates, but on, on, on another problem is, you know, Warren Buffett is, his deal size is just getting bigger. So the opportunities are smaller, right? I mean, less, yeah. number one. And then for Bill Gates, he can't give away his money fast enough. It's just too much, right? So, you know, yeah. what is he, where does he go? That was part one of Deepak's interview with Alan Ray's founder and CEO at Reyes Corp. In part two of the interview, Deepak and Alan will continue their discussion on entrepreneurs, talk about how to define success, and discuss ways to be healthy, productive, and successful entrepreneurs. You can hear part two of the interview on the next episode of Deepak Has Coffee. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Did you have any moments of clarity? I would love for you to rate and review this episode. Your feedback is crucial to tailoring this content for your growth needs. If you would like to hear more, please be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn and or message me on dm at deepakhascoffee.com.